It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Today's guest, Rachira Gupta, is working to create a world where no child is bought or sold. Rachira is a writer, feminist campaigner, professor at New York University, and founder of the anti-sex trafficking organization, Apne App Women Worldwide. She won the Clinton Global Citizen Award and an Emmy for Outstanding Investigative Reporting. She's helped more than 20,000 girls and women in India exit prostitution systems. Rashira's debut novel is I Kick and I Fly. Welcome, Rashira. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. Rashira, for years, you've been aiding young women who are trafficked or under the threat of being trafficked. How did you get started doing this type of work? I used to be a journalist, and I was walking through the hills of Nepal when I came across rows of villages with missing girls. And I asked the men who were sitting around drinking tea and playing cards where the girls were, And they said they all are in Bombay. Now, Bombay was 1,400 kilometers away. And these villages were really remote up in the Himalayas. So I decided to follow the trail. And I ended up in the brothels of Bombay, where little girls were locked up in tiny rooms for years, exploited by multiple men. And I was really angry and upset and determined to do something about it. I decided to make a documentary called The Selling of Innocence. It's on my website, ruchiyagupta.com. But I also, you know, thought I'll tell the story to the world and that will bring about change. Um, And I did win an Emmy for Outstanding Investigative Journalism for the documentary. But when I was in New York and looking at all the bright lights, I thought, you know, I don't want to make the use the documentary or the Emmy to build a career in journalism. I want to use the documentary to make a difference in the world. So I took my Emmy and went to the UN and I went to the US Congress and I asked them, I said, can I show my documentary here to show you what human trafficking looks like? And luckily for me, they said yes. And I advocated for new laws on trafficking because nothing existed at that time. And we got the Trafficking Victim Protection Act, which is now the US federal law on trafficking. And we got the UN protocol to end trafficking in persons, especially women and children, which uh, decriminalized the women and girls who were there because of lack of choices and punished the traffickers. Also, I felt that I needed to go to the women who had told their stories so bravely in my documentary. So I went back to India and started an NGO with them called Apne Aap, which means self-action in Hindi. And the women had just four dreams. You know, they said they wanted a job in an office for themselves, but mostly they said they wanted education for their children. So they would have a different future from themselves, a room of their own and punishment of the perpetrators. Mm -hmm. 
So that's what Apne Aap does. That's our business plan. We educate the children of prostituted women. And through education, we make sure they don't, they're safe from prostitution because once they are educated with schools and with college degrees, they can get jobs and they help their mothers get out. And now we have educated thousands of girls. For so many of us, we hear the word human trafficking and and we don't really understand what it is and, and what it entails. So can you describe for our listeners what human trafficking is and what it looks like? Human trafficking is really the sale, purchase, harboring or receipt of a person who is vulnerable, which means they have less choices than we can imagine, almost no choices, uh, through the use of fraud, force, coercion, sometimes even abuse of a position of vulnerability, saying, I won't give you food or I'll beat you up because you're in my house. And it is always, always for the purpose of exploitation. So exploitation can, of course, mean child labor. It can mean sexual exploitation. It can mean the organ trade, child soldiers, um, bonded labor, domestic servitude. And, uh, you know, so human trafficking is all of this. And it's very different from migration and smuggling because migration is not for the purpose of exploitation. It can end up as exploitation. Same thing with smuggling. Smuggling is just like some people taking advantage of people who want to cross a country and taking money from them to do it. Mm-hmm. Human trafficking is for the purpose of exploitation. And, you know, funnily enough, it may or may not have movement. So, you know, you could be trafficked on the very bed you are born, which is what I explain in my book, I Kick and I Fly, that, uh, you know, there are rooms in the back of the mud huts which are used as places of exploitation. And the mud huts are where the kids are living in with their parents. How prevalent is this problem today? United Nations says it's the second largest organized crime in the world. And, uh, you know, the Department for Health and Human Services and Homeland Security in the United States says that more than 25 million people are victims of trafficking right now in our world today. And the majority of them are women and children for sexual exploitation. Inside the U.S., the figures range from 100,000 to 300,000 at any given moment. And most of them are kids, again girls, and that too black or Native American. What? are some of the key indicators that someone may be a victim? Some of the signs to watch out to spot the signs of human trafficking are the child may have no control over their movements. That is, of course, you know, they always have to seek permission to go out. They're inarticulate, they mumble, they may not have documents. They may have bruises and scars on their body. They have flashes of anger. Uh, They may be very sexualized beyond their age. Uh, Some of them uh, may not be able to express themselves clearly. They are mumbling and fumbling and you know they are living in fear. So these are some of the signs to know that a child is being controlled or used unfairly. So if this behavior is intergenerational in some societies and it's almost accepted, how do we go about breaking this problem? The first way to combat human trafficking is by knowing and accepting that it exists right around us. And it can be in the street corner where a girl is shivering. 
in the cold and you know with a painted face and a smile on her face knowing that you know her smile is fake and knowing that she might want other choices rather than standing and shivering so we have to first of all accept it's in our midst it's not in the third world but it's right here in the united states second thing is you know if uh, we notice any signs of trafficking which i've already talked about there are hotlines there are na- there's a national trafficking hotline and it's on my website again at ruchiragupta.com also on the book website ikcanfly.com and so kids can just um, you know call in there either if they feel they are at risk or need help or on behalf of somebody else um the other thing that we can do about it is volunteer in a local organization luckily for us all across america in every state now there are organizations um who take volunteers and uh, you can help with victims of trafficking the other thing we can do is learn about it and educate others about it so that others too know it's an issue that needs to be tackled and we don't you know make invisible a large issue in plain sight just because we are scared to tackle it and then of course you know we have to provide services as a government as a country we have to reach out to provide services to the most marginalized the most at risk to trafficking at risk youth right so food clothing shelter also access to legal protection and communities and this can be done in thousands of ways you know through girls and boys clubs but also local youth organizations we can equip schools uh with books like i kick and i fly so that we can generate a conversation around human trafficking and teach our kids what are the signs how do you combat it uh uh you know because parents and teachers are very uncomfortable talking to kids about this subject even though it exists right and so i think my book can become a very very useful tool and that too in an interesting and fast paced way luckily for me scholastic has created a readers guide to go with the book and i've created lots of student resources and calls to action and things to do learn educate and act on my website in the book's website um so you know there are many many ways to combat trafficking but it really can be done you're right there are four essential rights that people have we're human beings and those are legal protection education dignified livelihood safe housing and it's hard to believe that in today's day and age so many people are not living with those rights exactly it's really hard to believe because you know we we can afford to make sure that every single person in our world in our city in our community has access to basic needs right food right. clothing shelter and protection because basic needs are really human rights to me because i feel that uh, you know once you have that then at least you can start thinking about leading your best possible life if you don't even have that how can you do anything else i kick and i say shows how hira the character in my book uh, you know she is about to be sold into prostitution she's 14 years old she's from a nomadic tribe which is extremely marginalized there's no food at home she's expelled from school because she beats up the class bully who bullies her because he she is from a red light area and then you know she doesn't know where her next food is coming from her dad is an alcoholic he wants to sell her into prostitution her mother is breaking stones on the highway to feed the family 
And, you know, she knows that her days are numbered till a woman's right advocate enrolls her in a Kung Fu program. And through the practice of Kung Fu, she discovers the power of her body and learns to fight for it. And when she wins a gold medal, it triggers a change in the whole community because they see themselves in the pride of Hira, the Mm -hmm. possibility of Hira. And they all organize and fight and Hira can stay in school. She goes back to school and, you know, change begins. And I think, you know, that's why Kung Fu, um, but also how does change begin? So it begins with her practicing Kung Fu, but it also begins behind the scenes with her getting access to food again, to her mother building a mud hut again, which does not have a leaking roof. So they are safe there. To uh, a woman's right advocate who has an NGO, which makes sure that policemen protect these girls and these communities to finding teachers who uh, don't uh, let class bullies exist or get away with bullying. So we need a whole ecosystem. You know, we say often it takes a village. Mm -hmm. And I think for everything, it takes a village. And that's I Kick and I Fly is about a village, a community coming together, women's collective action, and a girl who has courage. And all all these qualities are something which we all have, and we can do it. But Chair, would you share a story with us about one of the women that you may have worked with who has overcome this in her life? There are so many of them, you know, and I have so many of them who are my favorites that it's hard. But I will talk about one person. Her name is Mina, and uh, she has three daughters and a son. She was kidnapped when she was nine years old and sold into a brothel in Bihar in India. She... uh was forced to have two children inside that brothel. And uh, finally, you know, she jumped off the roof and ran away, but she had to leave her kids behind. And that's when she found out about Apni Aap and joined us and said, I want to get my daughters out. And uh, she had, in the meantime, had two more children in the red light area where Apni Aap worked. So we went with her and got her kids out with the help of police who were extremely reluctant to get her kids out. And we enrolled all of them into the Apneap Community Center. So they all, the four kids and the mother became members of Apneap. And we slowly educated the children, got them into our hostel. We started, made them join karate programs to learn martial arts so they would feel confident and like their bodies again. We got Meena to, um, you know, become a survivor leader in our community. She would go door to door, you know, asking other women to join, asking them to send their children to school. She was often threatened and told, we'll kill you, you know, you're trying to change the status quo in the community. But she persisted because... She had seen what it did for her daughter. And today she is literate. She's educated. She studied in the Apneap Azaz Literacy classes. She's a teacher in our community center. Two of her daughters are graduates and have jobs. Uh, one is also teaching karate in a local school. She's a karate teacher also. She had won a gold medal, uh, you know, in a long time ago in the Apneap um, school. And uh, her eldest daughter, the one who was born in a brothel, is married also and has a son who is in school. And Mina has moved out of the red light area. We helped her find a plot of land through government entitlements for um, marginalized communities. 
and uh, you know she has her own house with doors and windows and you know everything is turned around and mm-hmm. the red light area itself where meena works today when we began working there there were 72 brothels and today there are only two brothels the traffickers are in jail meena even testified against the traffickers and put them in jail for life and again with the help of apne aap's legal team it was all such a battle and so scary when we were doing it because that time we didn't know we would succeed mm-hmm. we were just taking on these forces bigger than ourselves with guts butcher do you see that word is starting to travel to the women that there is hope yes because meera meena and uh, you know meera di is also based on a real person in apne aap mm-hmm. but meena and her daughters uh, are not the only ones right so when they began to fight it out and win then another woman came to me and she said i want to get my daughter into school can you help me a third woman said i want to adult, uh, attend the adult literacy class and she would sneak into the meetings and then we would organize the women in circles and they would share their stories with each other and they would say oh my story is just like hers and suddenly you know there was a bonding and then uh, you know one thing led to another and today you know the the main two trafficking overlords who i describe in i kick and i fly ravi dada and gainul both the houses are abandoned and it's the women who are taking over the mud huts and turning them into real homes yeah. really happened you know so i just think that a community can come together and one person's courage can make everyone courageous what can our listeners do to help first of all all the listeners i want you to go out and buy i kick and i fly read it and then share it with a young person you know so that they can also enjoy the book turn the pages fast and then find inspiration hope courage in it because it's a book based on hope it's a girl who triumphs over adversity and i want to get this book into as many young hands as possible that is why i wrote it because i'm trying to pass on the baton of my activism to the next generation right in our lifetime we can create a world in which no child is bought or sold and then if kids want to join the movement and want to do even more they can go to my website ruchiragupta.com i have a call to action i have resources to learn educate share and uh, i also if they want to volunteer and donate to my ngo they can go to my ngo website apneaap.org and of course i the website of the book itself i kick and i fly.com also has all these uh, links and resources you know so there are many many ways you can help yeah. volunteer donate learn educate share and you know sure while, while we're talking about human trafficking like you said your book is about hope so it really is a relevant book for whatever any person is going through it offers hope and empowerment so it it's a wonderful message to share thank you that's exactly it and i think we need to share this hope because you know very often the message is that this can't work that can't work but that's not true we have to act we have to act to know whether it's going to work or not and not get daunted by adversity and as a lifelong activist this is one lesson i can share with all the listeners who are listening in to us today that you know when you do something it doesn't matter if it's big or small you have to do it as if it matters and only time will tell and i have discovered this in my own lifetime this was told to me by gloria steinem and now i'm sharing it with all of you because then gloria told me i thought yeah yeah sure you know god knows 
and now 20 years later i really have made this transformation in an entire community and i never thought i could do it but i did it because i felt i needed to do it each one of us has the power to change a life and rochera i am so happy that you have spent this time with us. You are an angel on earth and you are doing such important work and you've changed so many lives. And it's been a privilege to speak with you and to get to meet you. So thank you for being here. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.